First time going live on Facebook. So as we're recording this right now, you'll be able to go to our Facebook page and watch this back if you want to see, you know what I mean, see the video and see how we look in person here. We got the shirt in the background. You can see it right here. This is Building Blocks Podcast. And if you would like a shirt like this, go ahead and uh, contact us on Facebook or contact us by email. And uh, what's the email? It's businessbuildingblocksshow at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Again, it's businessbuildingblocksshow at gmail.com. Let's uh, communicate. The shirts here help us sponsor the show. Right. So for a donation of 20 bucks, you know, you'll get you a shirt. I mean, and, and you'll be a walking billboard. For, for us, and also the content in which we discuss. Right. Which I think that's that's the most important thing, is, is the information that we're sharing, you know. And the goal is to transform a, a community. Right. Okay, then, so... What's the date today? June? June 11th. June 11th. So I think everybody is out of school right now as far yeah. as students and all the children. Everybody's back home going to summer camps and doing that whole thing. But if you're over the age of 16 and sometimes a little younger and into college and everything else, this is the perfect time for summer youth employment. That's true. Yeah, I know when I was younger, I always had a summer job, you know. I, so it's very important. I just left... The uh, New Waters right. um, Co-op. And we, we, you know, patronizing uh, black businesses. Uh, of course, they are a co-op with an urban garden here in Houston. And you can go get the produce there. Everything is organic. Um, but what we want to talk about in terms of youth, our youth, you know, many times uh, we condemn our youth. You know, they uh, don't have nothing to do, so they're hanging on the corner. You see, they uh, the biggest segment of the unemployment, uh, the demographics is our young people. Black youth has the largest percentage of unemployment. So then they don't, they're not employed, and uh, no one is employing our people. In large numbers, so we have a large number of our youth right. that's idle, that's not that's, that's not a part of uh, the workforce. Mm. So then they they on the street though they out of school, like right. I say, our idle mind is a devil's workshop. Mm. So then we complain about them getting involved in, in in criminal activity, you know, marijuana, smoking that loud, right. or selling that loud, uh, you know. What we suggest, now we already, uh, you know, we have become afraid of our young people. But our young people is our future. Mm. Are we going to turn them over to government, the police, the prison system? Uh, why don't we, why don't we mentor our own children? You see, why don't we empower them? Not by just condemning them or judging them. Let's engage them. And positive projects. Now, you you had some experience in your life, and I like to talk about some in mine. Right. Uh, when, when I was growing up, and I thought, I, I've been thinking about this episode. Mm -hmm. It was something unique, I think, 
about my upbringing, and I think I want to share it. Uh, there was multiple ways in which we were able to make a dollar. You know, I didn't think about it at the time, but uh, for one, I'm going to give an example. Recycling. You see, you know, we, we call it uh, picking up aluminum cans. But we was fortunate to have a rodeo, a black rodeo, a block from our house. Mm. With, a, with, you know, black cowboys, and they would rope, uh, you know, rope the cows and all that. Like they do at the livestock show at rodeo, but we had a black one. I never knew this story. Yeah, right in the, right in the neighborhood. Mm. And uh, on the weekend, they would uh, they would have rodeos through the starting Friday night all the way through the weekend. Right. And what we would do, uh, recycling. You know, we would go. They had these big barrels, and they would fill them up with 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 beer cans and soda cans. Mm. So we didn't have to go all over the neighborhood to find aluminum cans. Mm -hmm. We go there, and they would have maybe six, uh, eight of these big. Trash barrels as can as trash barrels, but they was full of aluminum cans. We would empty those and go recycle them and get paid. Mm. I mean, we get paid maybe fifteen, twenty dollars, thirty dollars a piece. Man, you, you know, we all had a lot of cousins, you know, but we 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 did that on a regular basis, and we didn't have to. It was it was a little effort because we go one stop shopping. You know? Man, but uh, that's but as we. Collect that. Uh, we sometimes we did glass too, glass bottles. Did they um, pay five cents like they did, like they do now, or was it a little more? It was five cents. But the, so that's a at, lot of cans. At that time, aluminum was, I think, about fifty-five cents, sixty cents a pound. During that time, I think uh, the aluminum price had went up, mm. and we made good money. Uh, for to be children, you know, in the neighborhood, we was we was under sixteen. Right. So. Uh, Another thing I told you about, uh, we lived on three lots, but only one lot, the house set on the other two lots, was a garden. You know, we had a tractor and everything, you know, so we grew okra, we grew corn, we grew sugar cane, we, we grew peppers, and we grew cucumbers, and uh all of these assortment of, of, of produce. Now, at the time, we we didn't use any pesticides, so that really was an urban garden mm. that I grew up. I grew up. I didn't think about. We grew uh, green beans, and we we had such an abund abundance of this produce that we sold it in the neighborhood. So, yeah, yeah. The people would come to us. The people came to us, and they was able to get. Uh, String beans or okra or whatever came out the garden. Mm. And see, the okra, you can pick it every other day. And the stalker just continue to grow long as you continue to, to to pick it. And if you don't pick it, that that okra gets long and long and long and it gets hard. Uh, and, you know, we would take the hard ones and we'll, we'll bust it open and clean out the seeds and use the seeds for the next season. And it'll grow. Every, yeah, it'll grow, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, that was another way. Gardening. Gardening was, a, uh, of course, we had a huge two-lot garden, you know. Uh, but also fishing. My my grandfather had a boat, you know. And uh, every weekend we, we would go fishing, and he would go fishing. Year-round. In the winter, cold months, fr fresh water. Either a river or lake. 
uh, Lake Livingston, uh, the Trinity River, sometime in Conroe. All of this is in Texas. You know? Right. Um, uh, but uh, there's a Livingston, Texas, and there's a dam. There's a dam on Lake Livingston. And uh, we used to fish right under that dam. Uh, a lot of fish right there. But uh, also in Galveston. You know, Galveston is just south of Houston. We would go out to the Gulf, and we would fish there. St. Leon was another spot there. Uh, sometimes we, the jetties, Houston has a chip channel, and the chip channel is lined on both sides by these huge boulders, and they call them uh, jetties. Uh, we would go past the end of those jetties to deep sea fishing where the yachts go because my grandfather had a huge boat. And uh, we'll be out there with the yachts and we in the ships, mm. and we're doing deep sea fishing. You know, and we brought that fish back home, and and uh, he gave it to us, to the young children, and uh, his children and grandchildren. We were able to clean that fish, uh, you know, fillet it, uh, um, and, and bag it up. And the people came from the community, and they bought the fish. And I don't care if it was red fish, drum fish, uh, speckled trout, bass fish, whatever the fish was. Our price was the same, a dollar a pound. Man. <laughs> we sold everything a dollar a pound. You know, it might be three, four dollars a pound in the store. We sell it for a dollar a pound. So, you know, the people were rushing to, to my grandma. And it's fresh fish, right? I thought. Fresh fish. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and sometimes we would have big coolers full of fish. Mm. Yeah. And you, you ever seen people with those big, huge fish taking uh, pictures with them? Right. Some fish was was small under ten pounds or twelve pounds, and uh, some some uh, some were uh, huge, you know. Uh, so uh, we and that that was another way. Now I know everybody don't have a garden, everybody don't have a boat. Was that your? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, was that you said you went out with your grandpa? Yes, my grandfather. Was he the one who? Uh, who thought to sell it? Like he told y'all, like we gonna sell this fish after we buy it, or how did that? How did he come well, up? Well, you know, I was my, you know, I was a second generation, so this is my mother's father. Mm -hmm. They had been doing this before I was born. Right. So when I came, I just came in under a tradition. Right. You know, it was every, everything was in place, and what happened is, whatever fish you clean, you write your name on it, and they had these big deep freezers, you know. Uh, and uh, when the people come by, and if they sold some of your fish while you were at school, when you get home, you got money waiting on you. I come home from elementary school. Well, uh, here, my grandmother passed. You go thirty dollars, forty dollars. What's this for? Oh, you sold some of your. Some people bought your fish while you were gone. Man, y'all should have started yeah. a fishing company. I said it was like a fish market. <laughs> yeah, vegetable. I mean, if I real, if I look back on it, we was running a a market, right, with produce and fish. Man, that was right. Yeah. <laughs> Should have been a grocery store after that. <laughs> I mean, we really was. That's like a we Whole Foods. Didn't, we, didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have a sign on it. Yeah. It was just the people in the neighborhood that knew us that came by, especially on the on weekend, because a lot of Catholics, uh, people just traditionally eat fish on Fridays. And and again, I wasn't in the Nation of Islam at the time. We were just regular black people, uh. you know? But uh, so... Um, I wanted to talk about some other projects that we did and maybe uh, if those in the audience can do. You know, in Texas, we have 
green, I mean, Houston is a green city. Mm-hmm. So everybody got to learn. So landscaping, mowing grass, that was another way we earned a dollar. Um, but you can take that beyond, you know, build flower beds, plant shrubbery. I'm talking about the young people. And pay them. Pay them. Pay them for these projects. You know, um, that wood fence. You know, we a lot of the new subdivisions, you see these wood picket fences. They get all moldy. Uh, sometimes you can pressure wash them. That's a right. project. Mm-hmm. That's a project that a young person can have. Uh, sometimes the boards are, are, are rotten. Replace those uh, wood pickets on the fence. So fencing is another project. Right. Painting. Painting. Uh, that house needs a new coat of paint. Mm-hmm. You know, why don't we line our young uh, people up on painting? Interior and exterior. You see? What are, what are some of your experiences? Well, I was about to say, was that the last summer job? Like, I, that was when you were, like, in elementary school, right? The fishing and all of that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When I When I... Went into college, I left home. What about, well, I'm talking about like 16, 15. Did you have any summer jobs around that time? Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was old enough, see, I I do I did these things under under 16. Right. I mean, ever since elementary age. Uh, but let's see, uh, they had a program in the city of Houston. It was called uh, CEDA when I first started. It was uh, summer youth program. Then they called it the JTPA. Um, I think my first job was uh, at the multi-service center, Lockwood Multi-Service Center. Mm-hmm. And I worked for the WIC, WIC, Women and Infants and Children, uh, the government program to give them uh, the milk and cheese and butter and all that. Right. Um, I worked I worked there. Oh. Uh, and I remember giving away, we also gave away them big blocks of cheese you hear people talk about. Government cheese. <laughs> the government cheese. <laughs> yeah. We gave that Not away. Not government, government. Yeah. The, the uh, other job, I think the next year I worked at Tintwell Park, which is a, 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 a neighborhood park, but it was pretty big uh, in uh, in my neighborhood. And uh, they had a rec center. Right. I worked at the rec center um, for that summer. Um but, I, I I mean, I stayed productive as a young person. I remember one time you told me you used to fold boxes behind a... Now, that was... I was in second grade. Oh, for real? <laughs> I, I was going... Uh, I lived on Weaver Road at this time. Mm-hmm. And I went to Rosalie East Elementary, and I used to walk. We walked to school. We didn't have a bus, you know. <laughs> so we, we walked to school, and I passed this liquor store. This liquor store was like a liquor warehouse. It was bigger than the normal liquor store. Mm-hmm. So other liquor stores came there to get supplies. But, he, you know, you can go there, too. But at the time, I guess they didn't have the laws they have now. He sold pickles and candy and stuff and sodas to children when they come home from school. Okay. We would go to the liquor store and buy that. I asked him for a job. I was in second grade. I said, you know, they had a lot of boxes. You look, liquor stores produce a lot of boxes. And he said, yeah, I need some help breaking down these boxes. And, uh, this is in the 70s, right? Yeah, this is in the 70s. Oh, okay. The early 70s. Because I'm trying to figure out what would make you even think to be like... I would... Well, you know, we were on welfare. My father was in prison. Mm-hmm. And the, the purpose of this subject is to empower young people. But what made you think? Like, you were only like seven or eight. 
six or seven, really. You like, I need well, a job. I need a job. <laughs> my mother, my wife. Like, I need a job, sir. My mother was struggling with us. You know, we was on, I say we was on food stamps mm-hmm. because she worked as a as a nurse in a nursing home and uh, and she was going to school. She was going to uh, nursing school. So I think she started off as a nurse's aide. So she was a nurse's aide and going to school with children. I mean, it was three or four of us. Right. So, you know, I was my father was in prison. I had all sisters. I want to step up, show the responsibility, help me. Man, okay. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I started to hustle early. Man, <laughs> you was clocking in second grade. Yeah. So what did he say? When? So what did he, he hired hire me? Oh, okay. He hired me. Yeah, he gave me a few dollars. Uh, I don't know, five dollars, uh, ten dollars a week, maybe ten dollars a week, mm-hmm. two dollars a day. I get home from school. I stayed down there maybe an hour or two breaking down boxes. And he gave me $2 a day. At the end of the week, I had 10 bucks. Man. But 10 bucks is in the second grade. It's a lot of money, yeah. And you I like- was on free lunch, like, like Lee was saying. I was on, I was on free lunch. So uh, that was that was really my first paying job. Man. Closed mouths don't get paid. Yeah. The closed mouths don't get fed. Right. But right in the neighborhood, there's things that we can do that... Uh, to empower our young people. And I haven't even mentioned the church. You worked at the, the church too? Or, no, no, or the, the church the can? Idea, I did work at the church. This is what I did for the church. Pastor, Pastor uh, Jones, Reverend Jones, when we lived on Hoffman Street, we lived across the street from the church. Mm-hmm. Well, the church produced, you know, it's a big church, so it's going to produce trash. And the garbage man comes out. We didn't have uh, dumpsters. They, they had regular... Uh, cans like you would do at a uh, residential, but they may have had maybe four cans mm. that you had to drag out to the street so the the trash can go out. Well, the the dogs would get in it or whatever and knock the cans over. You know, cars would run over and bit them. It was the more aluminum cans. Oh yeah, big, the big ones though. Um, so pastor uh, needed somebody to take the trash out because he was a pastor, but he also had a job. Mm-hmm. And he didn't live in that area. He lived in Rosewood. So he hired me to take the trash out, I think, twice a week, uh, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Mm. I, my job was to take the church trash out. And he gave me $2 a... Uh, <laughs> every time you did it? Yeah, yeah, every time I did it, like $4 a week. Uh-huh. That's what Pastor gave me. Uh, man, they wouldn't pay me that much, though. Yeah, that. <laughs> but I guess that's not really a lot of uh, work, you know, dragging the cans out for the trash man and then bringing them back in. But uh, I, I do thank him for it. Yeah. Uh, washing cars is another thing. We can hire young people to detail our cars. I'm just coming up with ideas because yeah, that people could do. Yeah. We buying those our, our, our children these Nike shoes. Shoes cost a hundred, hundred fifty bucks. We giving it to them. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't earn it. They didn't. Build character. They didn't learn the, a trade. They didn't learn a skill. They didn't learn the value of budgeting their own money. And and then we all we've been talking about things from a from a male point of view. And uh, but the girls, lemonade stand, mm-hmm. you know, cake bake sale, garage sale, babysitting, babysitting, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, I think we do that anyway. We go live. Yeah, somebody <laughs> go, gonna watch them too. I got to go out to the club, <laughs> honey. You know, yeah. You watch, you watch this baby. 
but let's let's compensate them. And uh, we buy video games. You know, they're in the back room with the video game, the electronic device, the cell phone, all that. You can just be you're giving it to them. Right. But did you ever earn any money to buy your shoes? Oh, yeah, yeah. When I was younger, yeah, yeah. I mean, not when I was younger, but yeah. <laughs> That's when it started. Well, you're talking about my first my first summer job? Well, well, some of the things I would like for you to talk about is your, your summer employment or your employment as a young person. All right, before we get into that, I think we should highlight some of these businesses who are sponsoring us, okay. our sponsors. This would be a good time for that. And then when we come back, I'll get into my summer jobs. But um, the first business we would like to highlight is Nation's Products. Nation's Products. Nation's Products, they are literacy advocates, um, which means they sell all kinds of books and literature that you can uh, get for your children. If you have a charter school, you can get it for that. Or for your personal library at home, we have all types of books. Uh, you're holding up one book right now for the people who are watching on live to see. It's the Famous Blacks in America. Y'all can see that right there. Um, that's actually a word search book. And it's perfect for teachers. I've seen teachers actually buy it when we go out and we're selling it at these different conventions. Very popular. Yeah, because it's special. You don't see anything like this on the market, really, where you can go through the word search book and learn about your own people. Uh, you know a little bit about it? Well, that, that, that empowers, uh, empower our young people. That builds their self-esteem. Right. For them to learn about themselves and for them to read books authored by us. See, that shows them their potential. And now, if if they seen that their, their ancestors did it, the accomplishments of their ancestors, they know that they could do it. And what I'm looking at, a lot of people, especially this generation, sees fame as like the ultimate goal. Like, I'm trying to get famous. I want to go viral. I want to do this. But all the time, the things people think gets them fame is not always that possible. I mean, positive or it's not always that productive. You know what I mean? Right, right. So this... Um, right here are people that are famous. We know them, but the things they did were so impactful. So you yeah. see Marcus Garvey, you see Harriet Tubman, you see uh, Madam, is that Madam C.J. Walker right there? Yes. Uh, see all kind of uh, yeah, yeah. people I mean, that did great things. Okay, of course, Obama and Michael Max, well, Minister yeah, Farrakhan. They, they, they all have a, a contribution, and as they solve this the, the word search, they learn about each figure. Right. So they educate themselves. They're being introduced at a young age about those figures throughout history. And all of them didn't do the exact same thing. So exactly. it's a variety of different. So they'll know uh, their potential. Absolutely. And then after you get that, you can get their new, uh, what is this, a cookbook here? Cookbook, recipe book. 19 easy recipes. Nadine's 19. Nadine's 19 easy recipes that will keep your family healthy for years. That's true. See, a lot of times when we look at health, we're looking at reactive stuff that after you done already got sick. But this right. is preventative measures. If you yeah, eat this food, you, you won't have no problem. That's true. I mean, and we believe in how to eat to live. How to eat to live. You know, so, yo, uh, uh, they talk about the Affordable Care Act. Right. Obama care, and now Trump care, which he gonna take away your, yeah, yeah. <laughs> your health insurance. But uh, they, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, ha has perverse incentives where they're incentivized by sick people. Right. They, they can't make any money off of healthy people. The insurance companies do, however. The insurance company wanna insure you <laughs> that are healthy. 
if you got a pre-existing condition, however, they don't want to insure you. They want to go up on your rates. They getting it on both ends. But the pharmaceutical companies, they want to treat your illness. They don't want cures. They out of business if you get cured. Right. Now you're healthy. No, they want chronic illness so they can continue to medicate you. But your illness is caused by your diet and lifestyle. Unless you was in an accident, mm-hmm. it's usually environmental. Definitely, absolutely. It's, it's what we eat that's killing us. Mm-hmm. You know, how we prepare our food. The cholesterol here is what's clogging our arteries, giving us high blood pressure. Right. And causing heart attack and stroke. Man, and a lot of this book is actually vegetarian stuff in here too, right? Yeah. So A lot of veg. I mean, vegetarian is fruits and vegetables. Look at that, broccoli and quiche. I know we stand on this a long time, but navy bean, it's Ramadan, so you fasting too, so. <laughs> Fruit, salad, salmon, quiche. So y'all just get this book. Get the book. And uh, go, to, go to Facebook. Yeah, like go to Facebook, Facebook. Nation's Products, and check that out. And you'll find the link. And you'll be able to order this. It's a mail order business. So you have to uh, find the link on Facebook. Right, we'll add them in the comments too on the live video. So y'all go check out the live video. We got time for a public service announcement. We do. The Final Call newspaper, and and this uh, is news that you can depend on. It's factual news, actual facts. You know, we're living in a time right now where the media is 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 fake. There's truth mixed with falsehood. It's it's slanted. It's perverted. Um, so we're talking about unadulterated truth and, and we're telling the uh, news from our perspective because they don't usually have time in the news media to give us any uh, coverage or any positive coverage sometimes we're demonized in the media even if we the victim you know he was shot he was unarmed but then they go and start going through the victim's criminal record no, no, you need to go through the perpetrator's criminal record. That crooked cop. Mm. Was he uh, uh, Was he high? Was he using drugs? Is he a racist? Is he a member of the Klan? You know? Yeah. You Is know, he, he on SSR, up? antidepressants, all this crazy stuff? Guy. Yeah, he's a part of alt-right. <laughs> Is he alt-right? You know? Uh, but uh, the final call news, finalcall.com. Go check it out. And the other one before I... Uh, be fair you to mention the uh, public service, service announcement about the economic blueprint. Right. The economic blueprint is the fund set up by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan to acquire farmland. Mm-hmm. And we want to start off with 200 million acres. So go to economic.org that's in an economic blueprint, pardon me, economicblueprint.org it's only five cents a day 35 cents a week. That's just $18.20 a year. A year now. And so that we can uh, get some farmland to feed ourselves and to be a base for economic development. Mm, Very important. So y'all go ahead and do that. Now, back to the topic at hand. We're talking about summer jobs. Um, I believe my first time ever working and receiving money was working at your company, Nations Builders. All right. So what what would happen is you would be doing a project or something, and you would give me an easy job that I'd come in there and like 
I'll basically be helping you out. You'll let me hammer in a couple nails here and there. How old were you when you got started, if you can remember? I'm thinking like seven, eight. Could have yeah. been younger than that. Yeah. Could have been like six, seven, eight yeah. years old. Got started early. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hammering in nails. I might pack something to you. Uh, I remember you let you would let me and my little sister paint the fl- the board, the baseboard, right. or something like that that we could do. But you could reach. Yeah, we could reach. Yeah, that is true. It's low. It's low to the ground. I just realized that had a, a method to it. Now, yeah. but um, and I remember lining you up on stain and trim. Yeah, stain and trim. I remember right. that. Right. So that's one. Bring me the hammer. Bring me the screwdriver. Right. You so know? then I was learning what tools were at that right. early age. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you, you know the difference between a flathead and a, and a Phillips. Yeah. Go grab me a Phillips head, then I go gra- <laughs> go get him, you know. Or the socket. I need the nine sixteenth socket. Yeah. Yeah. So we reading it, looking at it, trying to figure it out. So that was the earliest thing there. And it was weird because none of my friends had ever was not doing that type of stuff because right. they didn't have anybody in their family who could do that for them. They probably had, you know, their parents had regular jobs sometimes, so they weren't able to go and help out on a on a project. A lot of this stuff was project-based. Yeah. So I remember even sometimes we wasn't working, we would be playing while you was working. Remember yeah. me and my sister? We'd be, but I mean, what, did you get paid? Oh, yeah, we got paid every time. For the work that you do. We definitely did. And I remember you would be paying us more than we probably should have been getting paid. <laughs> like, I remember when my grandma needed her house painted. Right. And you would let me and Mariah, my, my little sister, you would let us paint it. And you would pay us like $400. But we would only paint probably <laughs> half the house. And you would probably have to go over what we did. Because <laughs> yeah. we, we was young, so we did what we could, but you still paid yeah. us. And see, what happened was, I mean, your grandmother, then look how the money was circulating. Mm-hmm. Your grandmother hired us to paint a house. Uh, we painted the house, but you also needed school clothes. Right. So, as you paint the house and you earn the four hundred bucks, you went and bought your school clothes. Oh, so then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I would have had to, I would have had to buy your school clothes anyway. Right. But I yeah. was doing what what I'm advocating. Right, so right. So you just, you just, uh, you just share it with the audience. But look at the skills that you learn. Actually, yeah, I I bring those skills up. Yeah. Now when uh, it comes up now when I need to say if I do need to get a job or something right. to like. Reinvest in what I'm doing business-wise. Right. I bring up some of these jobs. I mean, right. some of these skills that I learned working at that company. Uh, I did some hustle stuff like you too, like how you was folding boxes when you was real young. Yeah, I used to go around the apartments we used to live in uh, over there by the school, right. and I would um, I would go and knock on people's door, which Mama made me stop doing this because it's kind of <laughs> dangerous. But I would knock on people's door and be like, "Hey, can I take your trash out for fifty cent?" Right, and I'd be like, "Oh, you a little." Because a lot of people's like D boys sometimes <laughs> lived over there. Like, oh, he a little hustle. Let's drop. They might give me like five dollars or something just to right. take their trash out the, to the dumpster. Yeah, to the dumpster. Right. I would go do that, knock on people's doors. But obviously, you shouldn't be a child knocking on people's doors. Right. They just might snatch you in there. That's the thing that I <laughs> I wanted to bring up. Yeah, supervision. Right. Adult supervision. Mm-hmm. I, I don't advise sending your children out to do these projects unsupervised. Mm-hmm. You know. You know, Chester the molester might live next door. <laughs> so, you know, you need to go and you need to supervise what's going on. Right. If, if it's not in your property, you know, let's have some adult supervision. And then we're investing in our children. Mm-hmm. And they, they're improving the, the condition uh, of our community. Right. You know, all of this is, is community building. But it's human potential. Building human potential. And then when you become an adult now... You got you 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 got skills. 
Right. You can do maintenance on a home if you own the home. Mm-hmm. We don't have to call the maintenance man because when you're a homeowner, you can't afford to hire out, job out all of the maintenance. The Holy Quran say men are the maintainers. So that's a responsibility that we have as homeowners of ownership is maintenance. Everything needs to be maintained. That vehicle needs to be maintained. The oil needs to change. You got to rotate the tires or change out the tires. You know, it's not permanent. Mm-hmm. Everything This is going to go out. The starter is going to go out. You're going to get a leak in the radiator. The hose is going to get a leak in it. You know, a lot of those things you can do yourself. You're going to have a flat. Yeah. You need to be able to change out the battery. Mm-hmm. You need to know what a jump is. You know, you got a red cable and a black cable. You know, and if you don't know what you're doing, you're going to uh, electrocute yourself or, you know, start a fire or something. So we need to empower our young people with this knowledge. And it's practical. You know, it's it's not it's not out of range, you know. Right. We and Cleanliness is a thing, you know. Housekeeping, you know, maybe some of the girls can help uh, clean the house or cook or something. Because a lot of our... Uh, Elders are getting up in age, and they can't do the things that they were able to do when they were younger. And maybe you can do this for an elderly person. Right. You see? Because Trump is cutting meals on wheels. Mm. Remember? So maybe we're going to have to inherit our elderly as well as our youth. And the whole point of this is meeting the, meeting the needs of our people. And then we should compensate them. You know, I was talking about back in the day, $2, you know. I'm 50 now, so <laughs> don't give them $2, you know. Give them something that they can use, that they can go and buy some school clothes or buy some school supplies or something that they need. Right. In order to further their education or, or maybe they need a meal. You know? Yeah, because we used to be running around, say if I didn't have a summer job or it hadn't kicked in yet, me and my friends... uh Used to be running around trying to go to uh, Jack in the Box, trying to right. finesse the girl that worked there to give us some fries. Like, come on, girl, come on, give us some fries. You know what I mean? Or, but I, I'm not suggesting a hookup. What I'm suggesting is that. To get a job, and, yeah. And then the, the restaurant here, the, we had a a burger, a malt stand, you know, where they served burgers. And the burgers then was a real burger. <laughs> it was yeah. a huge burger. And it had a... a, a, a they call it two pick in the middle, mm-hmm. and it came with a peppermint for your breath and a pickle or something. I mean that that burger was huge. You couldn't eat it. it that was a meal, you see. But now they the ninety nine cent is all genetic, genetically modified. I don't know what's in it now. I've, you, I've heard you mention how burgers used to be a certain way a few times. You yeah, think, I mean that they, they were huge. Uh, I was about to say you ever think about bringing it back, bringing lot, back the old a, a school burgers? You had to cut it in half. In order to bite it. Mm-hmm. It was just too huge for you, you know. Some of the times when I did some of those special projects in the community, right. we walked down to the corner store, and I mean the corner, and we had a restaurant. We called a malt stand. And they sold, uh, it's like Dairy Queen or something. They sold hamburgers and uh, malts and, and fries or whatever. Yeah. Um, but I was able to afford it from the from the work. From the, from generate the work. my own income there. And, uh that's what I suggest, you know. Let's empower our young people, and they learn how to budget their own money. Yeah, buy their own clothes. I learned that. I played myself after my first summer job at the Urban League. Yeah, I got uh, 
it wasn't like a job where they paid you by the hour. It was more like a stipend they would give you at the end right. of the program, which those are good too. So yeah. if you have an organization, you could probably set that up for the community. That's true. I, I think, you know, we all go to vacation Bible school right. for a couple of weeks. But, I mean, the church is a is the largest institution in our community. I think we can create some job training programs that we fund, the members, because, you know, that congregation has needs. Right. And we have children. Everybody don't have children. We have all different ages. But we have, we homeowners. We car owners. We need things done. We need service. Mm-hmm. We jobbing it out to somebody else. Why don't we empower our young people? Yeah. To do those, do those projects. And I call them projects because you're not a business. But I am appealing to the black business owners for internships. We got high school and college students coming out, and they can come and they can help innovate your your business by bringing this modern technology. They know the latest software. They they understand social media. Yeah, they can do some social media marketing. They can help set up your pages and help promote and market. Everything don't have to be outside work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can bring back. Uh, Skills and knowledge and technology back to our businesses. Yeah, and that'll give them um, a view into what they could do with their future. Yeah. A lot of times we don't have, it's not many options. We know the general stuff, lawyer, doctor, this, such and such. But we don't know how to be, like you can learn how to be an entrepreneur just by going in there working you know, next to somebody who's running a business. Because I learned when I was in audio engineering school, all of my professors would be like, oh, we didn't have this when we was growing up. We had something called apprenticeship, apprenticeship, right. where you would go sit next to an actual audio engineer, and then once he decided you were good enough, then you got a job there or something like that. That's true. But I mean, you don't start off when you, you got to gain experience. When you when you go apply for a job, yeah. Um, sometimes experience outweigh education. Yeah. So you have to uh, develop some work experience. And you can have a, you can have a, a education with no work experience. And now you're unemployable. Right, because, right. Uh, they looking for someone that's that, that know how to do the the job because they don't have to spend all that money training you because mm-hmm. you have skills. You see, so let's develop those skills. Uh, work study is good. If you if you're a student, I suggest that you get some experience in your field that you desire to go into. And you, you do that while you're a student. Yeah. Go ahead. Work study is what got me where, look, I went to Houston Community College, and before I went there, I was uh, um, I was just going to interning at a studio. Okay. And I would go there to learn from them, but I was like, man, I want to know what y'all know. Like, what? how did y'all learn most of this? Like, man, we went to uh, HCC, and that's where we got started, but we didn't finish there. They'd be like, if I would have known what I know now, I would have went there and I would have became a lab aide so I could work at the school and be able to use the studios if I want and do what I need to do and continue to learn. So I was like, oh, they was like, you should do that. I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I went to HCC with the plan right. of becoming what's called a lab aide. It's basically the dude who goes around. He lets the students in the labs. He helps them with their projects. He fixes equipment. 
um, gives orientations and stuff. Just basically keeping things running at the school within the audio labs, which are the studios. But before you went to school, what were you doing? What was the no, people I, that were training you? What were they doing in that studio? Oh, what what were they doing in the studio? Right. Oh, they were engineers. They were producing. They was recording. They were doing what I wanted to do, which music, is making music. Music, beats. Yeah, I remember I was in there, and they was doing... They doing, were recording artists. They were recording artists. They were producing for people. They were doing music videos. They actually had one studio. I didn't move. know they was doing video yeah. film as well. Yeah, I had a dude in there. He he was at his station. He had his station. He would be doing a music video. They'll be at their station recording a song. And when they finish that song, they're going to need a video, so they're going to go to him. Okay. And then he would be doing graphics for the people, for the artists who okay. need who had a show coming up. Right. He will be doing logos. It was very interactive, but the point of it was, is that we was talking about work study. Right. When I, I went, mean, to, so so you got experience, and that inspired you to go to further your education. Yeah, it was kind of backwards. Yeah, I didn't go to school. No, it was good. I mean, I, yeah. I think everybody should learn from that because that's what we suggesting. You you start working in the industry. Yeah. Then you go and study to further your knowledge in that area. Yeah, because then I knew what I was going to school for. Because right. before that, I was just in school to be in school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So um, what's your skill level now? It got me where, that's what I was going to say. It got me where I need to go. What happened was I went to U of A, I mean, I went to HCC, and then I get in there, I see what it's about. I'm like, man, they really, it seemed like a good program. It's a very, it actually is a really good program. All the profe- Some of the professors had Grammys. Some of the professors had been on tour when they was younger and some real successful bands. Right. Some of them owned their own studio in, the, in Houston, successful studios. So I get in there, I like the program, and I see the lab A's. The way they portray lab A's to new students, it's like, man, these dudes is like the gods of audio. you like, man, they know everything. Mm. But majority of them was... Well, I'm saying they didn't look like me, most of the lab okay. ads. But All right. so I mean you, they had you, probably you, like you one integrated to Well, I looked at the, them and the I didn't studio. Well the point of it was I didn't know if they would even hire me. Right. And I'm young, I don't really know much. You, you so broke the, you broke the color barrier. Right. So I'm going through the program and I'm uh I get to like audio three. And at that point, I'm like, man, I'm going to try to get in this lab aid position. Like, I'm going to see what's going on. Okay. But instead of, like, getting them to hire me, what I did was I took, instead of taking financial aid, just straight financial aid, I broke some of it up into work study. Because I was like, if I get work study, they ain't going, they don't have no choice but to hire me. Right. So I did that. And then I got in that way. I went in a way that's not obvious. Because right. then they can hire me earlier before I finish the program. They usually want you to finish the program. Okay. So I got in, grandfathered in. Because I was in there for like two and a half years, and then w- one year in, somebody quit, and it was like, we could just make give you the job. You already right. know how to do it. I was right. like, I do know how to do it. That's right. So that's a way to get in. That's a way to get you a job. I know we talking about businesses, but that job taught me so much to do what I was doing outside of school, which was running these small, doing this my small thing in my little business world right. that I'm still doing to this day. So yeah, I remember you running your own studio. Yeah. And, and you also produce your own album. Yeah, yeah. Produce my whole album by myself, which uh, I wouldn't have been able to do that without HCC. I wouldn't have been able to do the videos I was doing when mm-hmm. I was had my business doing videos, which I can still do that to this day. Go check go check YZ. I, I think you have a channel on YouTube. Yeah, go check out my channel on YouTube, Wazir the Great on YouTube. And it's more stuff coming. I got some more videos coming this summer, so... I'm talking about summer jobs. Right, what about your music? How could how could they find your music? On iTunes, W A Z E E R iTunes. Go on title, anything, anywhere you stream, you can find my music on there. 
All right. But uh, I wouldn't even have that music if I didn't have that job and if I didn't go to that school. So it's just kind of like, it's weird how go things... Go check out Wazil's work. I mean, uh, I think that uh, bad video, yeah, that shows your music skills and your film skills. Because you edited that. I edited it and kind of yeah. like co-directed, but I got to give all the respect to the director. Her name is Kristen Massa. Right. Somebody I met at the school when I was working up there. So that's you, a... You wear a lot of hats. Yeah, yeah. Producer, artist... Director. <laughs> yeah. And it's editor, a long... Editor. Yeah. And it's a long rope. You don't even know what you're going to be, like, what you're going to do mm-hmm. when you... Because I didn't think I was going to be doing none of this when I was in doing well, these I, summer I can, jobs. I can, I can share this. As a, as a, as a business owner, when you have a, a career, a job, mm-hmm. you have a part. I mean, you have a job duty, a job description. Right. But when you own a business and you managing a business, you usually wear more than one hat. Yeah, you're doing the books. You got to do everything that has to be done. Yeah. So you have to have a, a, a wider range of knowledge. And you continue, you, you, you always have continuing education because you're always learning something new. Yeah, I heard somebody say that businesses rebrand every five years. I think 2 Chain yeah. said that. Because yeah. they asked him why he had so many names, went from, you heard his other, his other rap name? Not two chains. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so he changed from that name to two chains. Yeah, and he got different aliases. And he was like, "Well, in my biz, I like how you bro- broke it down. That's why I'm bringing it up." But uh-huh. he was like, "I like how um, he brought that up. The, how businesses rebrand themselves every uh-huh. five years." Yeah. And he was like, "In what in what I do, one of the most sex most successful businesses is a rapper by the name of Jay Z. Right, and you know him as Jay Z." Hove, Jiggerman. Yeah, right. Uh, he kept rebranding himself yeah. over the years. Same as Puffy. Same as Puffy. P. P. Diddy, Diddy Puffy, that. Puff yeah. Daddy. Uh, so that was just showing me that they're paying attention to businesses. And yeah, they're paying attention to, to, to principles. Yeah, they're like, oh, and you got to rebrand you, yourself. You study those that are successful. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing, you know, be observant. Uh, study, education, improve your craft. Uh, because you, you, you're going to benefit from uh, everything that you bring to the table right. know, in your own organization. I see that, too. I see that. I'm starting to see that in other places where people are rebranding themselves, coming with a new angle. Like, it's very important. But right. Now, we're we going to uh, go to the next topic. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We're talking about... I wanted to mention uh, agribusiness, okay. agriculture, uh, because... The land, we we talked about the land, and we talked about the value of the land. Y'all had a garden. <laughs> yeah, we had a garden. <laughs> yeah. And it, 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 that, that was kind of setting that up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we on a drive, we're on a farm to raise money for, for, for farming. Okay. So we need to, if we're going to be free, one of the first things we got to do is be uh, able to feed ourselves if we're going to be independent. Right. So, but... There's there's a business. Farming is a business. Just like all other businesses we're talking about. Mm-hmm. It's an industry. It's a business. So we have to be able to produce the food that we need for life, basically. Mm. Uh, but also, that has to be put on the market. So the question is, could we establish markets, grocery stores, farmers' markets? I just visited one today. Okay. New waters. Of course we can do it. If everybody if everyone else is doing it, 
they provide those services that we depend on. Someone else is providing it, but when someone else provides it, they create jobs for their own group. Right. The foreigners, you know, the Indians, the Arabs, the whites or whoever, they create employment and profits for them. They they grow economically. Mm -hmm. We remain unemployed, you know, playing with crime and violence. So if we develop markets, we again, we can benefit health-wise. Yeah, because I, I almost want somebody to do that as a consumer. Like, I need, I need to go, what is it called, Blackwater? New Waters. New Water. N-U-W-A-T-E-R-S. <laughs> Look them up on Facebook. Um, in Houston, they're located at, at Dowland and Elgin. Yeah. Right across the street from Emancipation Park. And it's almost Emancipation Day or Juneteenth, we call it down here, the 19th of June. Right. Is uh, when the slaves found out they was free after the Civil War. Mm -hmm. Two years after the war, the news was given in Gaveston. Gaveston was the big city at that time. Houston, uh, blacks had settled here in Houston mm -hmm. over in what they call Fourth War. That was Freedmanstown, freed blacks established there. And they had a, a great uprising. Of, I wouldn't call it a save, slave revolt, revolt because they was... Uh, they were free. The blacks, Buffalo soldiers, rose up against the Houston Police Department. They had a war mm -hmm. right there in Freemanstown, right after the Civil War during that Reconstruction period. Are there any monuments to that over there? No, they no, got that. You didn't learn about that in school. I never learned about that. But you learned about it in the business the Building Blocks podcast. And, you know, the Buffalo soldiers were... You know, they were the, the black soldiers, the black regiments. And they came down and, and uh, they was, uh, see, the, the army was patrolling the South, the Union Army. The Buffalo soldiers are the black regiments. The other, you know, the blacks and white were not integrated. But they were stationed in the Memorial Park now. I think that was camp. I forget the name of it, but it was a military camp. That's where they were stationed. And Freeman Town is right next to that. You know, over in, in uh, what you call Midtown now. Right. That was Freeman Town. Blacks mm -hmm. established that. You know? And the oldest building downtown Houston is Antioch Baptist Church. It's a church built by blacks, freed blacks. It's still standing today right next to the old in-run stadium. I mean, in-run tower right next to it. You'll see this church preserved right in the middle, a black church, Antioch Baptist Church, the oldest building downtown. Is that on Pier Street? No. No, no. What's it's it? near Dallas. Um, I, I think it's Clay, but it's it's a block over from Dallas. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. You know where Enron Building is, the old I, Enron. I think they may have changed the name. But the whole nation know about Enron because they fell. Right. But the building still remains. And all this. And and they and Minute Maid Park, when they first built that stadium where they play baseball, the Astros play, mm -hmm. uh, it was called Enron Field. You know, the big corporations advertised their name by naming stadiums. So where were you going with the Buffalo Soldiers? They fought the Houston police. Uh. Uh, it all started over a black woman. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, HPD was beating a black woman. And a Buffalo soldier intervened to stop it. And the white soldier, the white police, they were racist. They were Southern. 
during that time, they were very racist, and they, you know, they always beat, they beat blacks like they do all the time, but he was beating a woman. But these Buffalo soldiers were proud. They were proud soldiers. So when, you know, they, the, the Houston Police Department and the Buffalo soldiers got into a gunfight. Of course, the blacks were winning the gunfight. But then the Union soldiers came, and of course, they backed away with white police. And then they had to round up all of the uh, the black soldiers. Did they kill them after that? Or? Uh, you know, they imprisoned them. Uh, they didn't kill them all. They like, uh, you know, during slavery, they would kill you for, you know. Rising up. Rising up. But they were, they were punished under the military code for, like, oh, insubordination okay. or insurrection or something. And uh, they did jail time, most of them. I think they may have killed some of them, you know, in the battle. Man. But uh, kind of got off topic. But we could, we could, uh, we can go in the farm and we can, we can support our farmers. I went to a, a conference held at Antioch Baptist Church for the black farmers a few years ago. Uh-huh. And the whole idea was for the black church to support the black farmers. We got black farmers right in Prairie View. Where Prairie View University is, there's a black town. Basically, there's a lot of blacks live there with, with farmland. Okay, now we can support those farms, those local farms. Um, we got a lot of cattle in Texas. We got farmland in Texas. And the dairy farm, you know, you shot one of your videos there in Winnie, Texas. Yeah, one of my first music videos I shot there. Home Boss of Believe is a dairy farm. And we get raw milk at our mouths. You know, raw milk is better for you. Um, but we can do that. You see, we can we can produce our own needs. And if every church set up a market in the cafeteria, you see, well, that's what we eat at in the cafeteria of the church. Why don't that cafeteria support the farmers, the black farmers? And we bring that produce in. You see, we can all pool, pool our resources and, and, and order that. In the nation of Islam, we have the staple goods from Muhammad Farms. Staple goods. And uh, you can order those, those uh, produce in the, in the, in the crops, the, the goods coming from the crops. Yeah. From Muhammad Farms. Go look it up. Muhammad That's a great Farms. idea, though. Because what happens is if they support the farm and then they bring in all that stuff to the church... Right. They can have like a little mini grocery store at the church. Right. And then instead of just getting a plate, you can get groceries. So we do you see us doing it at the mosque. Yeah, I see it all we the time. Do it, yeah. We do it at the Shape Community Center. Right. They do it at the Shrine of the Black Madonna. But there's a church on every corner. Yeah. And there's one in between every corner. Because we as black people, we love the Lord. Now let's do what he said. Let's inherit the promised land, the land of milk and honey. That's real. We living in the promised land. We just need to inherit it. And I'm just going to throw this out there because we need our own grocery stores that are, like, more healthy. You know what I mean? Like, because I most of the time like to go to these Kroger's or Whole Foods or H-E-B because when you go there, you're getting some healthier stuff when I'm trying to eat healthy. Sometimes I eat it real bad because I be on the road all the time. But um, we can have our own, and it's a lot. It's a lot of opportunity out there. Maybe somebody listening could do this. If we can't do it, 
Because I don't. We, we can do. But, wait, we look. as a community can do everything we need. Right. But there's these things right now. I've just seen this the other day where they call cashless stores. Right. This is moving in the future. Okay. Somebody need to do this. Where you go in the store, you have an app on your phone, and you just grab something out of the store. You, whatever you want, you grab it, and you just leave. There are no employees. Right. Maybe like a security guard, I'm sure. Some right. people are not stealing. Futuristic. Right. This is. Cause I'm just saying this because this is an opportunity because right. you don't see this all the time. If you do that, you already got an angle that people want to go to your store because it's like, yo, this this new cashless store. Yeah. You just go in there. I'm just throwing that out there. Somebody hit that. Go ahead and do that because <laughs> you're going to become a, a millionaire. Do we? Let's, let's look at the bill, business of the week page. I think we run out of time. All right. Uh, I do want to mention some businesses, though, since we are the business building blocks. Um, business of the week, we have a section that you can be a part of. We requesting uh, business owners to become guests on the Business Builders podcast. And we would announce your business. And it won't cost you a dime because that's what we're about. In Houston, this weekend, from June 8th to 11th, we had the Texas Black Expo. The George R. Brown. I wanted to mention that. Look them up on Facebook. If you didn't get a chance to be a part of it, uh, be a part of it next year. Also, I'd like to shout out to Minister Tony Muhammad out in California, Compton, California. There's a black-owned grocery store. He brought the believers from the mosque down, I think from two mosques, and they made a big uh, shopping day at the black-owned uh, grocery store in Compton, California. Look that up on Facebook. Uh, search it. Minister Tony Muhammad, Compton, California, Black Grocery Store. What about the Black Expo? What's the there info were, on that? June 8th? Through. Well, it was June 8th through 11th. Today's 11th, the last day. Oh, well. okay. It's at the George R. Brown Convention Center. I think today they, they close up at 5 p.m. It was from 12 to 5. But they was there this whole weekend. Also, Eat Right's Food Truck. Remember them? Keep supporting them. They drive around town, eat right foods truck. It's another business. It's a party rental. It's owned by uh, Dewana Richards and Jonathan Richards. It's, it's I-T-Z, a party rental. It's a party rental. They got all of the things, tables, chairs, and everything you need for parties. You know, and also popcorn machines. Oh. Candy cane machine, that kind of stuff. That'd be perfect for the yeah, summertime. They, they do like a uh, 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 short order menu type deal for food. Also, they, so they they will serve the food and cater your your party. You can reach them at eight three two nine eight nine eighty eight forty five. Again, it's eight three two nine eight nine eighty eight forty five. And last but not least, I would like to mention the Able Network. The Able Network. Uh, they have fish and organic chicken and uh, coffee and uh, many more products. It's the Able Network. I think you could, it's A-B-L-E Network dot com. The, you got to put the D in there. T-H-E-A-B-L-E-N-E-T-W-O-R-K dot com. Able, the Able Network dot com. And the audio all of these businesses are black owned and operated. And they ain't give us a dime. This is just what we about. We just want to point y'all in the right direction. Right. So let's 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 round up everything we talked about. Let's get those summer jobs going. Right. 
If you have any opportunities for the youth, please reach out to them and please set that up for them because we need right, that. Let's empower youth. Our youth are the future. And if they was doing something constructive, you know, they wouldn't have time to do anything destructive. But you're going to do one or the other. Man, that's a good point. I think we should yeah, add on those, that. Those same hands that's used to tear down community can be used to rebuild it. All right. So y'all now have those blocks. Now get to building. This is the Business Building Blocks Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you, and see you next week.